Welcome back to Everyday Disciples, the podcast where we strive to be like Jesus wherever we are. My name is Adam, and I am one of the producers and editor of this podcast. Thanks for choosing us to listen to today. Today's topic is contentment. In our first segment, CJ, myself, and Pastor Matthew will have a discussion regarding the topic of contentment. In our second segment, Pastor Matthew and I will continue our series of Why We Sing What We Sing with a song called Enough by Elias Dummer. Again, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. Welcome once again to Everyday Disciples. And today I'm joined with uh, CJ and Adam here as we are kind of talking about a a timely topic here in November, a season of Thanksgiving that we're in, uh, talking a little bit about contentment. What does it mean to, as a disciple, to be content, uh, to be satisfied, to be uh, all of those different words uh, that we might use around this time of year? Um, what does that What does that mean and look like in the life of a disciple? So uh, we thought maybe we'd kind of uh, ground this discussion in God's Word in Philippians chapter four. So Adam, you want to read that for us, uh, verses ten through thirteen? I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that. At last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength." So um, I think it's interesting that uh, he gives the answer, he, the secret of being content is verse 13 there. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Um, so it's Christ's strength that makes us content. So, I, But first I w- want to couch our discussion on some of the things that we struggle with uh, in regards to contentment. So like, what are some of the things that we're discontent with? Um, the first thing I... Th- immediately think of that is kind of on everybody's mind in present economy is our finances. Um, so with finances, it's just, there's always this sense of, if I just made X amount more, have you ever sensed that or felt that from people around you? Well, I've even felt that in myself before. Gosh, if I did, you're just a little bit more would help. I, um, I was, a few months ago, I was going through some like files and stuff at home, cleaning some stuff, and I came across some old like pay stubs from like ten years ago. And looking at them, I was like, "Wow, um, you know, that's where I was that long ago." And and I'm like, "Man, and where I am now is where I is beyond where I wanted to be then." And shoot, I'm still going. Oh man, but if there was just a little bit more, you know, it's always just that want for a little bit more yeah. in there. I, that's I so funny. It, it's so hard to get away from that. Yeah. Well, that's because Rachel and I, just, uh, my wife, Rachel and I, uh, we we're going through some of um, our old like tax stuff, you know, just throwing away the old ones. And you, you, you look at like what you made when you were like first married. It was like, it was like we made nothing and we were just so tickled pink to right. be alive, you know, oh, I, so happy. I, I did come across my, my very first ever pay stub. Uh, uh-huh. And I think it was like $75 that I got. And I, and I remember, and I was in eighth grade at the time. So just, you know, like, uh-huh. I was like, holy cow, $75 as an eighth grader. Like, what am I going to do with this money? There's so much money. Here. It's infinity money. Right. Right. Or now I, you could almost spend, and I have spent 75 bucks filling up a tank of gas. Uh-huh. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that has happened. Uh huh. 
Yeah, no, I that's I, I get that all the time too. And it's it, so there's this interesting statistic, and I'm sure everybody's heard it, but nobody's happier over seventy five thousand dollars a year. You, oh, so the 2010 study. So <laughs> forever ago, <laughs> right? So yeah, adjust this for inflation. Um, found that so it's a Princeton University study too. Oh wow! Uh, found that people's day-to-day happiness increases with income up to about seventy-five thousand dollars. Oh okay. At which point it tops out. Yeah, yeah. So more money after that doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't make you any more happy. Yeah. yeah. And I would assume that study was probably done here in. North America, or North America, in the U.S. Okay, yeah, because we—I mean, a handful of us probably have been out of the uh, out of the country on a on a mission trip or, or what have you, and you like you meet people who, by our standards, are really really poor, and they're just the happiest people. Like you know, like my wife and I were when we were making nothing. Um, so that is definitely an area of contentment that we struggle with. I, I think it just has a lot to do with security, right? Um, now, would you say happiness and contentment go hand in hand? Oh, I don't know. I think happiness is a is a tricky thing. Happiness is usually situational. Um, I, I've you know kind of done this before in sermons or whatever, where you kind of talk about like the difference between happiness and joy. You know, where joy is sort of regardless of the circumstances, but happiness is often influenced by whatever whatever our present circumstances are. So certainly contentment and happiness can go together. Because in the verses we read, it's not necessarily all happy situations. Right. Whether I'm in need or want, hungry or full. Um, so we, we can be content and happy, but we can also be content and unhappy or content and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's something that gets blurred a lot when people think of I'm content right now. They think of I'm happy. I'm having a good time. I'm. But this talks about being content in like essentially terrible situations. And this is, I mean, this is Paul. He's yeah. been in some pretty terrible right. situations. Right. So he's content. He's in got all street things. cred in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and some of it too. I mean, you're you're almost getting into like uh, CJ like emotional contentment. Or that that we're like I you know feel happy. I don't feel like I'm uh, anxious or anything like that. There's there's we can have contentment emotionally too, regardless of our emotional well being or you know however we feel at the moment, which is very counter to our world. Like we don't like discomfort. Americans especially don't like discomfort, and so whenever we're in a position where I feel maybe uneasy about something or a little bit of anxiety or I'm just, you know, there's just discomfort. I want to get rid of it and then I'll be content. Then I'll be happy where can we be content even in discomfort? I, I think so. I, I think, and especially as Christians, you know, um, there's a, there's a verse, um, maybe you guys know the reference, but, um, it, basically Jesus says in this world, you'll have trouble. Oh yeah. John 16, in, John, 33. There it is. Um, but I'll give you my, my but I'll verse. give you my peace. Like, um, so it's almost a bit of a guarantee, you know. And I know in Second Peter there's something like that too. That you know, you're gonna it's it's gonna be suffering. Like, you know, I always joke, you know, if I'm having a rough day or um, you know feeling a little sore, it's like oh, I'm just here for the suffering, you know, <laughs> today, you know. <laughs> uh, but 
so so uh, to, to your question is, is has happiness related to um, contentment? I wonder if, if peace is is more related to you know a, a sense of peace is related to contentment. Sure. Which to go back to the verse you just threw out, that's what Jesus says. I've come that you may have peace. Um, yeah, take heart. I've overcome the world. I mean, something that this brings me to is in James 1, um, he says, Count it all with joy, brothers, when you meet the trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So I think that going through the trials and the suffering can almost create a sort of contentment. Um, especially if you understand that it's not in vain. Um, I know there's tons of times where, um, I'd be working for something like outside, whether it be, that's something that comes to mind. And it's like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore, but I understand that when it's done, you can look back and everything's done and find contentment in that. Um, I don't know if that necessarily correlates, but I mean, that's just something that is a connection in my mind. To bring it full circle to the you know the conversation of, of finances, it's like right now we all have this well that uncertainty, but of a financial trial for yeah. us nationally, individually, as families. Um, and I wonder if you know, and if we can move from a place of fretting about it to saying like, you know, this this might have some meaning. Um, you know, there are still a handful of our great saints. Um, alive that you know went through the great depression and it's like they just came out more resilient and much more grateful i mean one of the one of the saints here um at saint matthew um I've, i had an opportunity to, to interview him last thanksgiving cal cal yep i interviewed cal he's what is cal 97 now he's deep in his 90s he is. yep i don't remember exactly and any time that man opens his mouth He's always given thanks for what he has. Um, he's just just so happy to to be alive and ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> so Cal's seen a lot, you know. Yeah. He's seen a lot of that struggle and and trial in his life. And uh, boy, he he sure seems content and joyful. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're right that uh, when you go through those trials, it does produce that for sure. Another space that we struggle with um, contentment is is like the physical things, um, stuff, right? And I've stuff. even been seeing. Sorry to cut you off, but no, I've even fine. been seeing people want to get rid of all their stuff and just get the best stuff, and then as mm. soon as something new comes out, get rid of the old stuff and just get the best stuff. Almost like a minimalism mm -hmm. type of attitude, but with the absolute nicest, best stuff. Right, right. And so it doesn't become the the quantity of things that you have that's the idol, it's the, the quality. I mean, so I'm a guitar player, and this is something that guitar players <laughs> have uh, terrible. It's it's called having bad gas. It's a gear acquisition syndrome. Um and so the guys who have the worst gas uh, are guitar players, you know, and so whenever they get one, it's like three days later, they're like, yeah, but the next best things come, you know, like I'm going to upgrade. Well, that's, that's the technology pursuit too. You know, I got to have the latest, greatest phone, computer, gadget, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's that constant pursuit of this one's I, today. It's the greatest, but then 
tomorrow the new one's coming out or next year the new one's coming out and now now mine's junk um, <laughs> throw it out because it's a year old <laughs> which i mean well but praise god i mean that there are nice things and that people can make nice things and that you know we can experience them it's it's because we don't want to we don't want to you know go hard the opposite direction and like you just can't have anything we're not we're not saying that either, and I don't I don't think you find that in in scripture either to say that you know that you know, Jesus says I came that they may have life and have it to the full. He came you know for abundance. Those things doesn't always mean physical abundance or the the best things, the nicest things. But um, we get to find joy in the world around us, in the in the things that God gives to us, and it becomes a problem when we make those things our having those things the goal um, I think the the life of a disciple is always kind of saying you know I've, I've got this stuff how can it be how could it be used to love my neighbor how could it be used to serve God um, how can it be used to you know bring joy to others if I've got stuff um, and maybe that's that's where we maybe lose it a little bit in our world today of we just want stuff to have it. Mm-hmm. And well, we because become of the, the status discontent because of the stuff mm-hmm. rather than, yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that's helpful to put stuff in its right place is to see, see God, the creator behind it, um, to recognize like it's through God's, uh, creativity and God's intelligence, uh, and God's, um, you know, sense of beauty that, um, man is able to create good things um and then also recognizing like the reason why i have this thing is because god has imparted gifts on me to to earn an income um and you know so see see god in the things that um that you have you can see his hand at work and behind those things and i mean even it, it almost sounds silly, but like to, to take something like a you know new iPhone or whatever and look at it and be like, man, God gave a lot of different people a lot of great skills to make something like this, to, to even like come up with the idea for something like this. And and what a, what a potential for blessing that it can be can also be a potential for all sorts of other things that aren't blessings. But um, how can I use it as a blessing and, and not as a not worship it as a God or um turn it into some sort of an idol. Well, I think overall, what Paul is trying to tell us in the verse is, um, is, is not, yeah, about getting rid of all your things. It's not about uh, indulging in uh, the pursuit of more and more, um, but that, once again, um, the way is narrow, um, that there's a there's a line we walk as Christians, and it's something that we learn as we walk. Um, and so I think it's really important for uh, us to have conversations like this, where we recognize our discontent with each other, um, and sort of learn to walk in a new way um, that Paul is that Paul is telling us about here in these verses. So, yeah, and this is something that you know gets picked up. Um, even in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. I mean, there's a couple of commandments about not coveting, which is kind of the opposite of contentment. Um, coveting, kind of saying like, I want what God doesn't have for me yet. It's not mine, but I want it. Where 
here in contentment, what Paul's saying is, you know, I'm, I'm content with what God, or I, I'm, I'm, I have all that God has for me now and, and understanding that that's okay. Maybe I, maybe I don't have all the things that I want, but I've got what God has for me, what God has given me through whatever means that is. And that even parallels to the garden. They had all of the fruit, all of the trees they could eat from anything except that one. And there was a little discontentment or coveting. Well, good. Um, thank you both for this conversation. Um, looking forward to talking with you guys again. Well, I'm sitting here with Adam Vanderstelt and our worship leader here at, at uh, St. Matthew. And uh, we're here to talk a little bit about music uh, that we sing another one of our why we sing what we sing segments here i feel like it needs a like a theme song introduction we're gonna have to come up with that we'll have to write one yeah, we we'll, sing, little sting. We sing. <laughs> pop in there we'll have our producer get on that yeah oh <laughs> um, <laughs> adam is our producer so but yeah to, to talk about a, a song that we've been singing the last few weeks here at saint matthew a, a new one to us here for our contemporary service um, and one that really seems to be resonating with people. I've heard, mm-hmm. heard a number of people who have commented on this. Um, now, this isn't one that I've ever heard out like on the radio. Um, I don't know that it's that it isn't played out there. I just I just haven't happened to now, hear you it. You introduced it to me. I hadn't heard it before you showed it to um, me. So. And even from a worship leader that I wasn't familiar with, I, I actually I came across him on TikTok of all places. And a guy by the name of Elias Dummer and who wrote this song. And I've really enjoyed his whole um, at least the songs that I've listened to on the album this, that this came from. Uh, but the song is called Enough. And it was one of those as kind of we were talking about some potential new songs uh, to look at, always kind of asking ourselves, like, what do people, what do our people need to hear? Mm-hmm. What are the truths that they need to to recognize? What are the, the struggles that they're dealing with? What's the situations going on? And we've talked a lot about, like, our corner of the world here in in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan, and you know, kind of our the side of town that we're on, tends to be very, what like uh, affluent, um, a lot of like success, achievement driven mm-hmm. kind of um, like things inside of people. That's what's pushing them to to do stuff. They, they're they're high achievers. And and when I came across the lyrics to this song, man, it, it was like this is. I, I think our people need to. To hear these words, I think our people need to sing these words. They need they need to know these words. And so, I mean, the the basic of basis of the song is that you know, Jesus is enough for us. He's all that we need. Um, but I loved like verse one right off the bat. I'm not what I make. I am who you have made me to be. And I, I'm you know, as a pastor too, like always a fan of any time we take the emphasis off of us and put it on to you know what God's doing, um, especially in music. And so, like this whole first verse, it just keeps doing that. Yeah, the next one is, I am not um, what I've done. I am loved unconditionally. So again, it does that that flip of um, not not us, but but what Christ is doing in us and through us. Yeah, I'm not I'm not loved by the measure of love that I bring. Um, I, I'm not who I know, but I'm known by the King of all kings. And so when you think about like it's just stereotypically, you know, kind of your success minded people. It's it's what I make either 
Now I take that either as like my paycheck or the, like what I do, like what I, what I make, whether that's, I'm, I'm making a, a product or I'm making sales or whatever. Like it's not, it's not that, but it's, it's who you have made me to be God. Uh, it's not what I've done, but you love me unconditionally. It's not who I know. It's not my contacts and, and networking that I do, but it's that I am known. Um, and it goes into then just a, a great chorus, you know, Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. Uh, with nothing, I still have everything. Jesus, you are enough for me. And, and just, you know, I mean, that chorus alone is great to to remind ourselves, kind of as, as we heard in the previous segment on this episode uh, about the Apostle Paul saying, even, you know, in, in plenty or in want, like, I'm content. I, I have Jesus. What what more do I need? And, you know, so we now get to, to sing these words, too. And the second verse is, is kind of interesting um, because it talks about who God is and how God is content, which is, is a beautiful thing. So it says, you are maker made visible, holding the world in your hands. You are patient and merciful giver of grace without end. Simply, you are simply satisfied by being who you've always been. You are infinite love and you prove it again and again. Um, so that's really talking about... Um, uh, God in his, his contentment and how we're meant to model it. Yeah. Yeah. God needs nothing. He doesn't need us. He doesn't, he doesn't need us to worship him or do anything. Um, he is, he is content as the perfect being that he is. Mm-hmm. We sing the, the chorus a couple times and then, uh, it comes to this bridge. It says in you, I am created in you. I am sustained with you. I am resurrected. You overcame the grave. And I think what's important in that, um, that first part of that bridge is the word you, right? It's placing all of the impetus on Christ. It's not that I create myself. It's not that I sustain myself. It's not that I bring myself um, from my sin uh, and my death. Uh, no, you've done all that work. Right. Yeah. And with you, I stand in victory. Now what else could I need? Like, so yeah, I've, I've got everything, everything that really truly matters in my creation, my, my being sustained, my new life in Christ. Um, with you, I want for nothing. With you, I want for nothing. Jesus, my everything. And yeah, and then just going back to that, Jesus, you are enough. You're enough for me with nothing. I still have everything. Um, so yeah, just as, as we kind of saw this song, we were like, yeah, we, this is a, this is a song that St. Matthew needs. And, and I think we've kind of already seen the response from some folks that, yeah, like that, that new song really liked those lyrics. You know, that was a really, really, uh, it, it's a, it's a pretty song too. I mean, it's well-written, um, it's a very singable song for folks, and one that I think uh, is it, we're going to be singing this for a while here. I don't think this one's going to go away anytime soon. Thanks, Adam, for for sitting down to talk about music here for a minute. And uh, you know, by all means, if you're listening along here uh, as this episode wraps up, to to jump online somewhere to to listen to this song. I know it's out there on all the different platforms and add this to a playlist as you're going down the road, as you're uh, taking a walk, going to the gym, whatever it is. And, and think about these lyrics as we think about that Jesus is enough for us as we strive to be content in him. Thanks for listening to Everyday Disciples. Everyday Disciples is part of the online ministry of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids. We're striving to be followers of Jesus wherever we are, and we hope you'll join us on that journey. 
If you found this podcast helpful in your spiritual journey, we'd be honored if you would rate us and review us wherever you listen. It helps people find us and get the good news about Jesus out there to the world. If you've got questions or suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on Everyday Disciples, let us know with an email to media at stmatthewgr.com.